We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here. Our podcast is always sponsored by Winbet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. My guest today, Michael Govier. You can catch Michael in a lot of different uh, places. You can catch him on Fantrax with his weekly free agent article, which is more than a free agent article. We'll talk about that momentarily. He does podcasts for Roto Fanatic. He has the Palazzo podcast. He does triple triple play pod. Uh, Well, am am I missing anything else, Michael? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I seem to have a potpourri of variety when it comes to doing content. But, uh, you know, I'm really excited to be here. I love hanging out with you, Jeff. We did you and I on the Palazzo Pod for baseball this past season. Right. Now we're going to talk some football here on the Rotowire Podcast. Looking forward to it. Yeah, very good, very good. You're repping the Lions already. I like that. Uh, you're in Detroit itself. Where are you in Detroit? Well, technically, you know, people get pretty uptight about that around here. I'm technically a metro Detroiter. I live about 20 minutes outside of downtown Detroit in a beautiful suburb called Livonia. It's a nice little area, and uh, we have trees and roads and gas stations, everything you'd find anywhere else. My uh, mom grew up in the Detroit area, went to Cody High School. Uh, oh, yeah. Area changed quite a bit off the Southfield Expressway. And uh, mm-hmm. so as a kid, I made that trip up from Indianapolis a lot of times. My stepmom went there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. World's colliding already. Love it. Uh, lots of news going on. Lots of injuries this week. Uh, we got Dalvin Cook. We don't not quite sure what's going to happen with him. Uh, earlier this week, earlier this morning, they're like, we're not quite. Sure. We just don't know. Uncertain for week four. Missed last week. Alexander Madison looked great. They get the Bears this week. But, you know, Cook did practice today, so that's a pretty good sign. I assume it's back to full on with Cook. Especially on a Wednesday, yeah, that's very positive. If he was still sitting out till Friday, we'd be like, oh, boy, I don't know. Madison is such a great backup running back. He might be one of the best. I don't know if it's the old line or if it's his talent, but he came out of Iowa as a pretty talented player himself. Yep. Uh, and I'm excited about the fact that he is the number one handcuff, I think, at all of fantasy football. But Dalvin Cook will play, I, I expect, on Sunday because you just don't practice unless he has a setback. I expect him right. to be out there. And he's the number two running back in football for me right now. Yep. Uh, right. And now with McCaffrey out, is he two with that McCaffrey out or two period? Hmm. Who, who's number, who's with, number one? Is it McCaffrey? It's Henry, right? It's, I'm going Henry right now. Henry. Okay. Very good. Right now, he's the number one back. Uh, PPR, standard, we can have a debate about that. That's fair, but... I like to give guys credit for what they're doing right now. And when I do my rest of season rankings on Fantrax every Monday... I give the guys the credit for what they've done, and they he still has it. He's one of the best running backs in football, so I don't see why Derrick Henry can't be RB1 right now. And so one of the funny things, one of the like dichotomies that we have is we're always looking for usage. We're looking for that share. We're looking for snap share, carries, targets, all that. But then we also hold it against him after they've made it through a season or two. We're like, oh, he's had 800 combined touches the last two years. I was that way. I said after week two, pity the fool that has to go against Derrick Henry this week. I was that fool. I'm in 17 leagues, zero Derrick Henry. I was in the fourth spot in several drafts. I've said this before on my own podcast, the POV, and there are – the fear takes over, just like you said. Because mm-hmm. I, I respect – 
too many rushing attempts. I respect the power of that that it takes on the body. Right. But I, I took Henry one time, and I'm really glad that I at least did it once. The other times I took Kamara or took Zeke, and I was really worried about that after week one, and then what I saw from Henry in week two. But I'm glad I got one share, Henry. So Yeah, I took Taylor ahead of him. I I oh, am that fool. Yeah. Man, that's, that's a... I, Genuinely worried about his situation right now. Not because I want to create a panic, just because of the snap shares and how good Hines has looked when he gets the ball in his hands. And Hines got paid, too. So they, they clearly like him a lot also. That's, so that's, that's huge. Yep. Yeah. So I'm a little worried about that. Uh, I still believe Taylor's awesome. I think he, his talent is there. It's just usage. I mean, he got ten, it was 10 for 64. Like, why isn't he getting more? That's not bad at all. Yeah, that's fantastic. You're right. That, the game scripts is always a fascinating part that I'm getting more interested now in how game scripts play out. We saw it on Monday night with Philadelphia. Now, Miles Sanders got two carries. Yeah. And he's definitely explosive. You see Miles Sanders take the ball, and you could see the explosiveness. He runs like a gazelle. He's so beautiful the way he runs. I really am a big fan of his work, but the game gets away from them, and the coaches freak out. They start throwing, throwing, throwing if you're behind, and the Colts have been behind a lot this season so far, so it just hasn't yeah. been a good start for the Colts. Yeah, that's right. 0-3, big game this week against Miami. I think Taylor does get well a little bit here. Uh, but because I think Miami, you can't run against. We saw Peyton Barber run well against them last week, and not just in overtime when they were dead-ass tired. Yeah, that's really kind of surprised me. I have a friend of mine who said Barber's the best DFS play of week three, and he really ended up being one of those. And I respect the heck out of Brian Flores, so I'm I'm kind of surprised. I still think that defense could be better, but they're probably better on the passing side as opposed to the run. So I, I'd agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, Tennessee got some major problems. Uh, we know AJ Brown's week to week with that hamstring injury. Julio Jones played six snaps in the second half with a nebulous leg injury, uh, which again, they're, they're, they're just not telling us a whole lot. Now the injury report is going to require them to be a little bit more forthcoming, you think, but you know, Mike Vrabel's getting high on the list of the do not trust list as far as it comes to injuries. <laughs> confidential. You know, it reminds me of uh, L.A. Confidential, the movie. It's strictly hush hush yes. on the QT. <laughs> and that's what you get out of him. He's straight from the Belichick school, I guess. And Belichick has had a massive impact, unfortunately, on mm -hmm. how coaches reveal information. So I'm, I am not a fan of the Tennessee offensive side when it comes to passing. I avoided A.J. Brown entirely. And when you have a hamstring injury, that's a massive problem, especially as a wide receiver, right? Because you got to be able to, to let it go. And you get a hamstring, I don't know how you can bounce back from that the entire season. I mean, you have to really sit off like six weeks if you truly want to get it right. And I'm really worried about him. Yeah, I am too. I wish I were more worried going into draft season because I do have some exposure to Brown. None to Julio. <laughs> I stayed away from Julio. That was the guy I avoided. Which Me is too. So funny. And, yeah, he uh, actually looks all right, though. I know he didn't play much, but he, you know, he had a touchdown taken away from him in week two, I believe it was. It looked like a yeah. touchdown. He's been yep. all right. Yeah, he has. He has. And it's just now he didn't play much in the second half. Now, maybe it's because they're protecting the lead and then protecting him. They're playing some sort of long game. Uh, but I didn't like it. Don't like it at all. And don't like it this week. You know, against the Jets, you, we may see Henry carry it 40 times. You know, they, they, <laughs> we may see like. Jeremy McNichols get copious carries just to avoid passing the ball. They may not have to pass the ball. Yeah, you're right about that. But I will say this, and this probably won't make sense on the surface, but the Jets defense isn't that bad. It really isn't. It's just the offense has been so god-awful yeah. so far that yeah. they're being hung out to dry. I agree. I, I, I agree with that. And you, you see that in a couple teams. Look at the Bears. Same thing. They weren't the Bears defense was really good against Cleveland. It's just when you're giving up nine sacks and you just no time of possession whatsoever. Uh, yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, Matt Nagy might not be as smart as I. Th I actually thought he was being overly criticized coming into the season, but I'm backtracking from that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about that. It's Lions Bears this week. It's actually a pretty big game for both teams. Uh, you know, especially for the Bears. I mean, if they they have any aspirations for the playoffs at all. And are any aspirations of trying to make Fields a good quarterback someday? You know, he obviously has his own problems. He he was he's not quite ready for prime time, but you learn on the job a lot. But man, call some rollouts, get him out in the open field just a little bit, please. Right? Did you watch any of the tape from the Ohio State days? I mean, yeah, the things he did best are not being applied in the limited opportunities he's had so far, which makes you scratch your head. We don't. 
I know we don't know more football than Matt Nagy does, even if he's not doing so well, right? Right. But how could you not see some of that? That's basic football one-on-one. Where give the guy the opportunity to make a simple screen pass or something. Like, get some positive momentum rolling for a guy. There's mm-hmm. ways to get more than 68 yards passing in a game. Yeah, there are. There are, even with the most over the most Nathan Peterman-like quarterbacks out there. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's still true. It is. Uh, we don't know who's going to quarterback this week. It could be Dalton, who seems like he might even practice some this week. Could be Foles, or it could be uh, it, it could could be Fields. But I, I feel bad for anybody that's got a Rob. You no, know, it's like this was supposed to be the year he had a competent quarterback finally, and the first time in his professional career, and we're not there yet. I don't know if my gut took over on that. I never drafted him once, mm-hmm. and I think it was because of this uncertainty. First off. I'm not trusting Andy Dalton. I'm not at all. Even if he is a competent backup quarterback. And then Justin Fields, who I really liked, I actually drafted him a couple times, but that was more of like a dart throw and a lot more focused on his running ability, keeping a floor for his fantasy potential. And Allen Robinson, just I worried about the targets and the opportunities. I really did. So I I guess I caught a break on that one. No, or, or you were smart. Smarter than I was because I do have a couple of Robinsons, but uh, well, he's super talented. So yeah, yeah, twenty le- Oh, twenty. Okay, well, you're blowing me out of the water. No, How's seventeen. That? Too many is what I said. Seventeen, uh, not including best balls. Uh, those. That, that's a whole different story there. But wow. Yeah. Um, who? If you if you're in Matt Nagy's shoes, who do you start this week? <laughs> Boy, suddenly I don't want to be Matt Nagy very badly. I don't want yeah. the job at all. Uh, no. I would stick with Fields because you don't just start a guy and then panic. If Dalton is not willing to go, he's unhealthy, then you got to stay with your guy. I would start Fields. I really would. Also because I know who they're facing. Uh, My Bozo Lions, they are just, they fight hard. And Dan Campbell's got a lot of passion. And I respect that. I like him. I think that's why he signed a six-year deal because he knew that coming into this, his first two years or so is just going to be, Oh, gosh, we're so bad. We got a huge rebuild on our hands, and he probably demanded those extra years. But they're going to lose. doesn't matter who they play. And if they even try to pull off a victory, as we saw on Sunday, they'll figure out a way to lose it. Oh, that was wild. What a weird finish. I mean, they had they had some help from uh, the Zebras on that. They should have called oh. the uh, delay game. but uh, Yeah, yikes. but that's the Lions. That's what happened. So yeah. only, the, that, only that official would have been at that game at that moment. That's how it works. They just get drawn to the Lions. They know where they're supposed to be to complete the ultimate miraculous comeback. It all has to be perfect, but it can only happen in Detroit. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, one thing I would say about that game, too, is when they settled for the field goal, that was part of your first sign. It's like, you never do that. Never trust a game to not let Justin Tucker uh, try to beat you. But that that, that was your first sign right there. Get the touchdown. Take care of it that way. Uh, Yeah. DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Swift, limited in practice today. He's going to be limited every Wednesday, I feel like. The Wednesday practice, just tend to them. You know, I, I, I'm old enough to remember when we were freaking out about the groin injury and Dan Campbell saying, I'm not sure he's going to be ready in week one. And he's been ready every week. He looks great. <laughs> old enough to remember. I like that. That's a good line. Yeah. DeAndre Swift is someone I have at almost every fantasy team. So I was ignoring the groin hype. And I feel good about that because he's still been able to give you about 20 fantasy points a game without having a 100-yard rushing game in any fashion. He hasn't even come close to that yet. So I I really like him as a – he really could end up being a top-five running back. It, I, I, I hesitate to say it as a guy who's in Detroit and I've seen the Lions for years, not having a running back. I mean, there's been so many people that came through here, Kevin Smith and – you know, James Stewart and Kevin mm. Jones and an endless parade of disappointments. Oh, I and thought Kevin back. Jones was going to be that. I thought he was going to be the guy. You Remember know, him? Uh, Virginia Tech product? Oh, yeah. yeah. They moved up in the late first round to get him, and he was going to be the missing link, and he was not. Yeah, I uh, did a lot of college fantasy football back then. And, man, Kevin Jones, the hype going him into college was huge. You know, yeah. I was like, this is the next Peterson. Yeah, or he might have been pre- <laughs> he might have pre- predated Peterson. I forget what the ordering was, but, you know, he was huge. And he was. Him was. and Lee Suggs were a deadly combo in the Virginia Tech backfield. They both ended yes. up being pros, but not that yeah. great. Yeah, too bad. It, it, it really thought it was going to be that. And that's the thing. It, it does happen sometimes, with especially running backs. One little tweak, and they're no longer the same guy. And unfortunately, yeah. that's the way it was. Bad offensive uh, line. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That that That's the, the hidden factor every time. 
is bad offensive line. Before we move on, a quick note from our friends at WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions. And even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet now is the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Michael Govier. Uh, Michael does, among, among the many, many things he does, is uh, a lot of work over at Fantrax. And I, I like your format for the uh, free agent article that you do. How, you know, you list the percentage is rostered in Yahoo, Fantrax, bid range. We talk about the matchup a little bit, whether they should be rostered at all. I like that quite a bit. It's not Thank the you. greatest week for free agents, but Chuba Hubbard is going to be on everyone's list. What say you about him starting wise? Where would you rank him if you got him? Is he a guy you're going aggressively at this week? Boy, uh, first off, thanks for that. I appreciate that, Jeff. I put a lot of time into that each week. So <laughs> yeah, I'm always up to like 4.30 in the morning right before the deadline. Like, okay, because I want to make sure that we cover every player. I don't want to miss out on anybody. That's why I have the leftovers section at the end, just in case you want to throw a dart at someone. But Chupa was uh, right there at the top of my running backs rankings for this week because first opportunity, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. Secondly... They drafted him in the fourth round, and he was a really talented guy at Oklahoma State. Ran for yep. 2,094 yards, 21 touchdowns in the full season. Forget the 2020 college season. That was just weird. So I don't, I don't yeah. really hold anybody to that one. But I believe that uh, he's going to get the opportunity. He also ran well against Houston when he came into the game. I think it was 11 for 52. So I think this is the guy they want to give it to him. Matt Rule is a wizard. He is I awesome. Love I love Matt Rule, and I, I I love I love the offensive coordinator there. I love the coaching staff. I think Carolina is really sharp. Yes, Matt Rule brought in Joe Brady, who was the Joe Burrow whisperer for the 2019 LSU national championship. Mm -hmm. So they got a really rock solid offensive setup there. Matt Rule loves defense. Joe Brady takes care of the offense, and I think I think Chuba's the guy going forward. I know Royce Freeman might be cheaper, and I would not. Disrespect anybody. He's like, you know, I'm just going to go cheaper on the Freeman front, and it might hit. <laughs> the way fantasy goes, it's very possible. But I'd like Hubbard to be the guy until CMC gets it going. I really do. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and we know they might say two weeks. It could be six weeks. It's like you said with AJ Brown with hamstrings, and that's the way it is. And you know, CMC was gone longer than people expected last year too. Got to remember that. Oh man, that Mike Davis made a whole contract off of it, right? Yes. Yeah. Good on him. I, I want these. I want these players to get paid. But, you know, good for them. Even you know, who yeah. cares if it's a good investment in the long run? Because we just want them to get paid. So it's all good. Um, I like him a lot. Peyton Barber is the other guy that I think people are bidding on a lot this week. Uh, I was a big skeptic going in. Doesn't catch passes. Doesn't seem to have that whole lot of wiggle. But he crushed the Dolphins last week, and it looks like he might be the leading guy this week. We'll see if we get Jacobs back this week or not. Yeah, if Jacobs is not there, it very much is Barber's show as the running back, the runner. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt anymore. However, if Jacobs is there, you're putting money on a guy that they, they might try to mix in more because he's earned some respect. And I think John Gruden appreciates that, the kind of coach he is. He's like, hey, yeah, well, this guy's playing good for us. And I think that is something he takes notice of. So that could actually conflict. But they love Jacobs, too. They've run him into the ground even when he hasn't had a good yards per carry average. So I, I wanted to minimize the bid range on him, Peyton Barber. I was like, all right, put some money on it, but don't go too crazy because this might blow up in your face. And I'd rather save the money for another opportunity here. It's still early enough where you could have a big amount of cash available in week five, week six. Somebody could go down and they could still help right. you get to the playoffs. Right. And as we as with CMC and, uh, and Hubbard, I mean, just like that. In many cases, in Yahoo leagues especially, he was very low rostered. You know, I, I, 
I wonder how much that represents our listening audience sometimes, but I mean, they're legit leagues. I play in a 10 team Yahoo league. It's one of the, le- one of the leagues I play in. And of course he was available there and I'm going to go after him there. Uh, what about San Francisco? What are you doing with the Niners running back situation? What are you doing with Mitchell? What are you doing with Sermon? Use check. Key, you know, you know, there, there, there's like seven guys we could take a look at there. You know, Jacquez, Patrick, what are we doing yeah. with these guys? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you want me to sit here and tell you that I know for sure, I'm not going to lie to anybody. Please. So please I don't, don't have it. Yeah, I won't lie. I promise, Jeff. I'll keep it real always. Okay. But I'm, I have some doubts about how we could accurately offer what Shanahan will do. Troy Sermon's the most talented. That's true. And he was drafted to be a guy that could come in and be dominant. So that's the safe play, of course. But if you're looking for desperate wild cards, then I wouldn't begrudge you picking up Trenton Cannon and saying, hey, you know, let's see what happens here. Carry on Johnson. What about him? I, <laughs> it's so bizarre, man. Shanahan can make our mind. I call it, he makes he's the mind bender. He's the baffler. He baffles right. me. And I just don't know what to do. In that backfield, I'd rather avoid it, frankly, unless I had Troy Sermon. I really would. It's kind of like the the Pats, you know, you know, at the at the peak of their powers, where yeah, a running back mattered for them. You just didn't know which one, and that's the yeah, problem. The, <laughs> the Jonas Gray four touchdown oh, game, yes. oh, and then yeah. he disappeared. Yep, slept through his alarm one day, and that was it. We never heard from <laughs> yeah. him again. That's right. It's amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I have some Sermon. I have some Mitchell. I actually have Sermon and Mitchell in the same league. All I want is clear definition. I want one to be out and the other to start. That's all I'm asking for. Is that too much? Probably. But uh, Yeah, probably. I got some hasty that's just sitting on a bench all hurt now, so that was a waste yeah. of money. Uh, you know, I, I, had one of, I had one of him. That's an easy cut, at least, you know, to get move on from that. I mean, some people are stashing Jeff Wilson right now, even though you're not going to get him until week seven. I kind of like that. He was very impressive when he ran last year. So if he's healthy, yeah. he helped me out that, last year. I, that I Arizona don't forget game. that. Yes, yeah. yes. So it's not crazy. You had to watch that game on Amazon. You know, and that, that was frustrating. But uh, that was and it was frustrating only because I like when it's a standalone game. It's a Saturday game. I remember that. I like to, like, pause it, go walk, you know, go away for a little bit, you know, so I don't have to sit through the commercials or whatever. I can do some yard work, come back in, and watch the watch the plays fast forward through delays and replays and all that amazon you couldn't do that it's just, oh. because it was streaming live you you just had to watch it live so oh, man that ruined your saturday man oh Jeez. i know i know yeah but hey trying i was i had to shirk my uh my my, my husbandly duties and all that uh, that day <laughs> i think i was like hanging christmas lights or something like that i don't know but uh anyways that was frustrating. Brandon Ayuk in that same game dropped a touchdown, but then later caught another one. He's out of the doghouse, sort of, kind of, maybe. Can we say? Can we start him safely? Yeah, I think it's time. I think the diversion from the early part of the season's over, and especially after losing, Shanahan's like, "Oh crap, okay, well we got to win, right? So let's put in our best receiver." Well, well, debatable. Debo Samuel's been outstanding, but he's more injury prone. I actually think Ayuk's more reliable. I've been shocked by the way he was handled in the early part of the season. I really loved him this year. I wonder what he did. Wonder is it just the hammy and not being able to practice at full speed that tick that tick Shanahan off? I don't know. No, because he like <laughs> sat out the quarter, right? Or like he was like, all right, you're sitting out yeah. for a bit, then you'll play, and then you. Uh, maybe he uh, read Shanahan's diary or something. Who knows? Maybe something weird happened behind the scenes we'll never know about. Yeah, maybe so. Or you know, I was afraid he's about to go on the Dante Pettis path, and we don't want that. Oh boy, that is something we all don't want. <laughs> Right. That's right. Uh, wide receivers are a mess. Uh, we, there's so many injured wide receivers. T Higgins has already been ruled out for this week again, short week for him. So that one's a tough one there, but so many injured guys. Unfortunately, the Broncos lost another one. KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick's at the list, the top of your uh, free agent wide receiver list. Good for good reason. He's good. He's a good player. He is. I don't know what it is. Is the name boring or is it he's just not somebody who was ever heralded? So people right. are like, oh, who's this guy? Remember Rod you know, Smith? We didn't have that first round draft type. And Jerry Judy's yeah. awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about Jer- Jerry Judy. I'm all about Sutton, but there's enough room for him to eat too, I think. Yeah, you know, he proved himself last year and he's legit. And Teddy likes to throw to him, it seems like, especially for touchdowns. He seems to be yeah. reliable for one touchdown a week, and that's that's pretty big. Even this is not as exciting for PPR, but for standard leagues, Tim Patrick offers some value here. I like him a lot now with no Hamler, no Judy yet. 
it's getting thin at wide receiver. You got Deontay Spencer as a backup. Uh, right. I think they're going to go a little bit more two tight ends with uh, Mr. <laughs> oh boy, Albert Akwebunam from Missouri. Oh. Yeah, so. I, I actually mentioned him on Chris Harris's podcast and got a little uh, chastised because we're not, you know, can you really start him? No, friendly chastisement. You know, Chris and I are good friends. Yeah, but, sure, sure, uh, sure. Oh, yeah, and Alberto, let's just, yeah, I, I was able to pronounce it the other day and now I'm just like, I've already blocked it out of my mind. But yeah, I think, yeah, they're going to, you're going to get some targets because Spencer's probably not up to speed. David Moore, I mean, he, he's been on, this is his third different organization this year. Uh, Carolina, he couldn't cut in Carolina, was on the Raiders practice squad. They just picked him up off of that. I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of work. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to throw to the backs more and throw the tight ends more. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big party now for both the running backs. They'll probably get even more usage putting Gordon and Williams to work. But Tim Patrick is very much going to be a part of this offense. Even when Judy comes back, I see them as the top two wide receivers on the team. And that is the story there. I I don't see how... I would rather have him over Emmanuel Sanders, like I said, because Emmanuel Sanders is just a bump below on my fan tracks list because Emmanuel's in a such a more varied offense with a lot of options. Right. Sure, he had two touchdowns this past week, but... You know, Dawson Knox and even Gabriel Davis, who I like. All these guys are out there running around, multiple running backs. I just think it's more safe for a guy like Tim Patrick. Yeah, I, I'd agree. And I love that they're throwing the ball a ton, and they will throw the ball a ton even against Houston, even when they have a 30-point lead. They keep on throwing because that's what they do. I do like that. But you're right. Usage every week is going to be kind of tricky to, to target there. Uh, we're going to keep, keep talking wide receivers, but uh, first quick note from our friends at Yahoo!, the new NFL season is underway, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contests now being shark-free. To celebrate the beginning of football season and Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has a $1 million DFS football contest live. The $1 million contest features 1 million total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. My guest today is Michael Govier. You can catch him many, many outlets, including Fantrax, where right now we're talking about his free agent article. What say you on Josh Gordon, now joining the Chiefs? Ah, Josh Gordon. First off, as someone who's in recovery from opioid addiction myself, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Josh Gordon. And I want to put that out there. I think he's in a perfect place. I really do. And you may have heard that before, but Andy Reid lost his own son to overdose. Yep. And he understands that Tyron Matthew struggled with his own addiction. There's a, I think there's a healthy safety net there. And you saw what Andy Reid did with Michael Vick. I know maybe you don't feel for Michael Vick. He, he paid his dues and he came back and he was given an opportunity by Andy Reid slowly but surely. So... I like this. I picked him up in my home league. I, I just looked at my roster this morning, and I got him. And uh, I'm going to stash him and wait and see what comes because it's such a high-powered offense. If he could be, you know, 60% of himself, I think there's real potential there from a fantasy point of view. Yeah. I, I don't know what he has left in the tank. It's been so long that, that yeah. I worry about the athleticism. I worry about how quickly he picks up the playbook. I wouldn't count, you know, you're picking him up to stash him right now. You're not picking him up to play. That, that's for sure. True. Uh, yep. Uh, now, if you've got the NFFC where you got twenty man rosters, uh, yeah, I, I'm all. I, I think it's why not? Cost you almost nothing because he's not going to. You know, I, I don't really want to spend much more than the minimum on him. I think he's worth a, a flyer. Anything, any like I'd go for Tim Patrick over him. I'd go. I'd go for uh, Sanders over him. I I agree. I agree. I'd even go Cedric Wilson probably over him. Uh, Ooh, especially sneaky. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's entertaining. Uh, I don't know, I, but uh, I like, and I just know that Gallup's going to be out for a while. So I know the role is there and, it, you know, we already have seen Cooper kind of be banged up a little bit. You know, you might see a little bit more target share at some point in time for Cooper. So, I mean, uh, for uh, Wilson. So we'll see about that one there. Yeah. I spent uh, $32. It's a thousand dollar fab budget. I spent 32 on Josh Gordon. So that's it's not a huge that, amount, but you no, know that, but no, and that I love a thousand dollar budgets. Cause you can get so granular like that. It's one of the things I like, you know, hundred. 
I know it's it's still it's a percentage play, but you can make more bids. It's just like it. Uh, just, I agree. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. So I do. Uh, we had a question about. Uh, I thought we had a Cooper question in there. Yeah, we do actually. Uh, uh, Cameron was asking, uh, "Do I trade Cameron, Amari Cooper, Ceh, and Mitchell for CD Lamb and Javante Williams?" His thought process is CD over Amari and buy low on Javante, sell high on Ceh. What do you think? Woo! Hey, Cameron, what's up? Uh, that's a beautiful picture, by the way. That is yeah. uh Get that picture back. That's up. a tough one. Look at that. It's a beautiful picture. Uh, yes. Cooper, Ceh, and Mitchell for Lamb and Williams. Man. I like, I like what you got there. I, I think the I might rather have the Lamb and Mitchell side or Williams side slightly. I think I might do that. It looks like it's a little bit more than you're giving up, but who knows what Mitchell will provide? So Javante Williams is the best back in Denver. I I think you might go for that. I, what do you think? Yeah. I do too. Um, I'm a little worried about Williams fumbling at the goal line last week. I, I don't like mm -hmm. seeing that. It makes me think that Gordon gets the next crack at it. I do like that he was getting the usage at the goal line, though. Uh, it, it's an interesting trade-off. I mean, Williams looks good. He looks like he can play, uh, and we, he's looked like he's looked the part the whole time. You know, yeah. he, he, and on like he do, does blitz pickup. Uh, he can block. I like seeing that too because that keeps you on the field, even if you don't want. You're not paying the guy. You know, fancy doesn't pay the fancy bills, but it does get you on the field, and that's what we want to see. Hmm. Yeah, that you know, Ceh. I, I don't want to abandon him either. I, that does give me a little bit of pause. But if you want to take advantage of the one week where you look good and then get rid of him, I don't begrudge you for that. But he's also a part of a high-powered offense, and they still gave him the ball after all the fumbles. They still fed the guy, which shows you that they really want him to succeed. So that would be my yeah. only hesitancy there. I'd agree. I'd agree. And I actually kind of like the matchup this week against Philly. If they continue to play too deep uh, like mm -hmm. that, uh, I, I think that will bode well for him in the future. By the way, you know, have you been watching the Manning cast on Monday Night Football? I certainly have. Uh, I'm one of the millions who were fascinated by it, and I just I couldn't it. get enough of it. I love it. And they were pointing that out the whole time. It's like, keep running. Keep running. They're, they're, until they cave in and put another guy up there and try to stop it, you know, it's going to work. And sure enough, Zeke and, and Puller were both shot out of a cannon all night. <laughs> they give you insights that the other people don't have time for on the main broadcast because they're not going to necessarily cover every single play. They're, they're talking about the strategy as it happens over two or three plays. And I dig that. I thought they're fun. And I know Eli flipped the birds. I saw that live. And, that was funny. Uh, but who cares? It was hilarious. That? Yeah. yeah. They, they got the flow better too by the third week because the first week was so much people talking over each other. They were getting better each week. Yeah, it was funny when they were you know reading the criticism on the air like, People tell me I, I don't let my guest, my uh, guest answer the question. Peyton was saying that it was true. <laughs> it was. It was great. He's so honest and self-reflective. I, I really dug it. I, I can't wait till it comes back. Yeah, likewise. I think they're dark the next three weeks, unfortunately. But uh, that's yeah. all right. They well-deserved vacation. So we'll see about that. But, you know, unlike uh, I, baseball, we do the StatCast version like once every three months we get that on, on Sunday night or for a playoff game or for, you know. Here, it's every week. It was for every week, the first three weeks. That was amazing. Yeah, I want to ask you real quick, because I had this debate on Twitter. Do you think, I think play-by-play -play might go away. This guy said, no, play-by-play -play has been around since the invention of radio, but I think eventually it might just not be needed anymore. Generations change and people change. It's going to take a while because there's still a need to identify the player who's doing things on the field. Okay. I, I mean, I, that's the one thing I critique I'd have with about the Manning cast. Sometimes I want to know who that player is who made that tackle or who missed a block or something like that. And sometimes they'll point it out, but other times, you know, I want to see what happens. Other times I'm like, okay, this is pretty banal. Let's listen to the real conversation here. Uh, and so that's pretty good. Cause, and what I like is I bet you a lot of other broadcasters given the opportunity to be true to themselves, be or, or freed up a little bit more would be great. You know, Jason Benetti is a fantastic play-by-play -play guy. And, they, you know, he's kind of got that license, but he isn't doing a National Football League game. He isn't, you know, that that, that that's a little different. I didn't know he did college football on ESPN. I saw him a couple weeks ago doing the Coastal Carolina game. I was like, oh, my God, it's Jason Benetti. It yeah, blew he's my amazing. Mind. Yeah, he's amazing. He's everywhere. Uh, he's done some college hoops. He's very good at that. Uh, he did some KBO last year, uh, and I was forever <laughs> grateful for when, that. He, he was really good. Boog Shambi's really good. I think anybody that can do radio usually can do TV, too. That's one thing. If they're fantastic radio guys, they're going to be good TV guys. Yeah, I think they need forward-thinking minds in the executive or 
you know, decision maker areas to allow people to be themselves. You're right. It's too tight. Let loosen it up a bit. Let people be themselves because there's no unique personalities. They're fading fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another generation will come in. We've seen that with like baseball writers, football writers, you know, generations change. We become more open to analytics, we become more open to different personalities. You know, you see it and it reflects their readership and their viewership too. It, it, it will change. Um, substantively again, let's go back to the Raiders. Uh, I want to go to them a little bit. They're fun. Uh, they're, they're, the receiving core is really fun. Hunter Renfro is getting a lot of targets. Brian Edwards looks really good. They don't throw him enough, but when they do, he's productive. I think he's like 12 of 15 and he's like a lot of yards, a lot of air yards. He, he looks fantastic. Yeah. He's the crunch time guy for the Raiders. He certainly is getting those catches when they need him most, but you're right. The rest of the game, it's like, Hey, where is Edwards? What's going on here? So if you're trying to figure out, is it Edwards? Is it Renfro? Who can I trust here for weekly fantasy production? Uh, I kind of think it's Renfro. It seems like Carr targets him a little more frequently based on what we've seen. Now, it's only been three weeks, too, so things can change. You know, week seven, who knows where we're at by then. But right now, I think I'm going Renfro, even though I think Edwards is more talented. Yeah, and then there's – and Ruggs looks good, too. He's starting to get look better and better. He doesn't look like uh, – Oh, he's one. Yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy. Yeah. And you, that's reflected in the roster ship, roster percentage, too, for that matter. You know, you know, Ruggs is pretty much in any league that I, that matters for me. He's he's gone long gone. Uh, but I do see Edwards every once in a while. I I, I think I'd go for Edwards. I, I think I, and the thing is, I do think Renfro is a good player, but I just think Edwards, there's a much, much higher ceiling. That's the guy I want to get. I want to be there when it happens. Oh, you know what? He is. He is out snapping Renfro quite a bit. So that is intriguing. It makes me kind of question things. So 49 to 29 in week two, 63 to 43 in week three. That's Edwards over Renfro. That's pretty healthy. Right. So maybe it's just a matter of just get, if he just changes the looks and gets on the ball a little more frequently, the numbers could change very quickly. Right. I will say one thing about Renfro the snap percentage matters maybe a smidge less because he's always on in passing situations. It's kind of like, uh, you know, sometimes you know, certain tight ends who are lining up in the slot and not asked to block. Okay, so they're not getting the snaps, but they're not asking to be run blockers either. Kasiki comes to mind as one of those guys. Every once in a while that backs, backfires on us. But then then you get like last week where he gets 12 targets, and you're like, okay, that's the talented guy I know. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Formation is everything. Looking beyond just snap counts and snap percentages is important. That's a really good call, Jeff. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Every once in a while. Get a yeah. little nugget there. Look at you go. Yay. <laughs> Yay me. Uh, we'll do a couple more things, uh, but first, quick note from our friends at Vivid Seats. Preseason football is wrapped up. We're ready for the regular season to kick off. It's uh, We've had three good weeks so far. Live events are making a comeback, and there's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to get back into the action. So grab your NFL tickets and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Man, that feels great to say. Even better, they just launched a new and improved rewards program with free tickets for every fan. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, your favorite artist, or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Fred Zinke uh, just uh, used Vivid Seats to get Jays tickets. He's going to the Jays-Yankees game on Thursday, so uh, it can be done. Man, I'm a fool. I, you know, my girlfriend lives in Canada, and we were in Canada multiple times. I've, I technically could have been at Miguel Cabrera's 500th home run oh. on my birthday. It was August 22nd. I was in Canada, but I was in Windsor, which is a couple hours from Toronto. Yeah, I know and, that. Uh, yeah, I've been to I Windsor. Been there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I Well, uh, I, when I was in college, I had a girlfriend that lived in Troy. And so one spring break, we went there and decided to go to Windsor one day, so. That was good. Of course you did. That's what everybody did. 19 or younger. There you <laughs> or go. Or older, not younger. Sorry. So. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was, it's a cool. It's I love the trivia that you go to Detroit and then go south to get to Windsor. <laughs> That's right. Really, man. You really are well-versed. Man, what a world traveler Jeff Erickson is. Oh, yes. Yes. I have all sorts of uh, nuggets from Michigan there. A lot of trips. A lot of times spent there. Good times. But uh, anyways. Michael, how did you get into this, like into the fantasy sports sphere? Like you've been, you've obviously been playing a while, but when did you start becoming a, a information provider? Well, uh, it kind of happened, I guess, January 2020, which is technically for, before the pandemic. So I'm going right. to go on record saying that so, because a lot of people have started to get into the game because of the pandemic, you know, good for them. Make it happen. Right, do what course. you want to do. Live your best life. Right, Jeff? Exactly. Uh, I, I, yeah, I played fantasy football for 20 years, fantasy baseball for 20 years. You know, I'm 41. I'm not a spring chicken. So I really enjoyed fantasy sports. And I figured, why not uh, start podcasting? So the podcasting was really what I focused on. And I did that with Deary. I still do it to this day. The Hans Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a lot of fun. It's a more goofy and lighthearted podcast. But we still bring you the quality guests like Jeff Erickson. He was on. and I was. It's, and and yeah. quality guests, too. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I mean, does it get any more quality than Jeff Erickson? I don't think so. I'm sure so. it does. I'm sure it no, does. No, it doesn't. But. It's it's really a lot of fun to do, and I'm, I'm glad I got into it. I, I figured, hey, I saw other people doing it, and once I started playing in the bigger money leagues, because I never even heard of NFBC, NFFC until 2020. I was not aware of it at all, and I've been playing fantasy forever. It's so fascinating. That but is amazing. It is, right? It is. Now, do you have a – you sound – you're very polished. You're very – you know, and I mean that in a, in a, in a good way, like – you're, you're smooth. You, you're confident. It sounds like you've been doing podcasting for a really long time. Do you have a background, radio, TV, uh, any sort of broadcasting? Well, technically, I went to Specs Howard, which was a vocational school. It's like an eight-month program where you get a certificate that says, hey, look at me. I can do broadcasting. Okay. That was back in 2003. But I always had this voice. and People always said when I was a kid or when I was a teenager, really, when I – you know, I, I grew uh, into puberty and that you change a bit. And then you get your regular voice for the rest of your life. So once that voice came around, people like say, hey, you sound like you should be on the radio. Hey, you sound like a game show host. And uh, I never really pursued it, though. I, I played some background roles on television. Okay. But like I was a behind the scenes guy. I was a video editor. I was a assignment desk, you know, listening to the scanners for the news stories at local okay. stations. I worked in Charleston, South Carolina at a local ABC affiliate. Then I worked in Cincinnati at a local NBC affiliate. Still exists today, both of them. WLWT, NBC. I still, at least, I don't know if it's NBC still in Cincinnati, but um, but then I got out of it. That was it. I never did any other broadcasting. I, I made a tape one weekend on the weekend where it's nice and quiet in the studio. I made a tape. I sent out about five of them, but I never really, I frankly never pursued it. I never gave it my all, but Ever since uh, my life turned around in my 30s and stuff and I got my life together, I, I've just gone full bore on this since the beginning of 2020. So this, so what you're seeing is someone who had potential most likely, but I'm just trying to apply it now. Oh, good. Well, that's good. It's good to find the outlet. You never know. You know, most people don't go to school to be in the fantasy sports world. You know, I was a <laughs> poli-sci major. I went to law school. I, I have a law degree. 
I got, I passed the bar and got sworn in and never practiced. So you, you fall into careers. And even when we launched the company, I wasn't like a radio guy then. I had no radio TV film background. Uh, just started doing some radio hits here and there. We won a contract to when XM, just XM, before the merger, had you know was going to launch a fancy uh, launch a baseball channel. They're going to have a one hour fancy show, and we won the contract to do that. And like Jeff, why don't you go do that? I'm like okay, you know. And they paired me with a veteran radio host guy named Phil Wood, based out of Baltimore. Really good old school sports radio talk show guy and. He got me up to speed on the hosting aspect of things where I got him up to speed on fantasy baseball. That's kind of cool. Wow. Man, that is so cool, man. I yeah. love to hear stories like that. I was a teacher, too. That was another life I had. I was a high school history teacher for five years after I did the TV thing. I'm like, I'm going to go back and do something with some substance. I'm going to give back to the world. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. you give back, but you don't really get anything in return. And not that I need to have everything, but... Teaching is kind of a thankless profession, so I got out of that after five years. <laughs> okay. Do you do anything now besides all your fantasy responsibilities? Uh, in terms of, uh, I am working on a master's uh, online, so uh, okay, clinical cool. mental health counseling. I actually, so I, I'm intending to be a clinical mental health counselor, I guess. <laughs> oh, nice. That's awesome. That yeah, That's a yeah. huge, huge need in this society, too. So that's fantastic that you're doing that. And Thank I, you. Yeah, I, you know, my background in addiction and stuff, it, you want to give back. People help you out, and you you just see so many people in pain who need help, and they need it right now. And I'm not trying to make this a soapbox, but I'm telling everybody that I, I like to mix in everything. I love sports. I love talking sports. I love having a laugh. I love comedy, but I also care about mental health and people, and that's uh, that's something I see right now. But I got to be honest, I am torn between the two worlds. Like, I would love to be a counselor and help people, but I'm also very much enjoying doing this, and if I was able to get sure. opportunities where I could – do this, I would do it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I'm, I'm lucky. I haven't had a real job for 20 years. And so th that's always nice. Um, th this is my real job. I got lucky, but you I, are the winner. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. I am totally lucky. I, I have definitely won in that way, way, shape, and form. Uh, you're, you're born and raised Michigan, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you're firm in your Lions fandom, firm in Tigers, too, I assume, or? I, well, I mean, I'm a real Tigers fan. I'm not a real Lions fan because to, if you're a real Lions fan, you're going to be depressed all the time. So, dude, I'm a Bengals fan. I mean, I know. I, I mean, you I, just I, went to the Super Bowls though. At least two of them. Yeah, two of the most gut wrenching Super Bowls ever. One in your backyard in the Silverdome. Uh, uh, here we go. Now we've exactly. Now here we find ourselves at this classic debate. Would you rather have a team that gets so close to it but really is successful but doesn't quite win the title, or a team that never does anything ever? This is the classic sports. This is the debate. Buffalo argument. I get it. Uh, yeah. But you know, no, you're, you're you're worse off without a doubt uh, for not having been to the Super Bowl. Of course, you were one when the Bengals lost that first one in the Silver Dome. I think right because yeah, if I'm getting the dates right there, one or two. Yeah. I mean, it's 1981. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it was. But yeah, yeah, we haven't won a playoff game since the 90s. It's crazy how bad it is. The, yeah, the and Rust you guys Bowl, ruined Bo Jackson's career. Thanks a lot. Yeah, sorry about that. My bad. Uh, <laughs> but that, yeah. But you know, it's all these Rust Belt cities. Buffalo, Detroit, Cincy, Cleveland. A lot of pain going on there. Pittsburgh ruins oh. the, the storyline for that that narrative. But Yeah, how did uh, Green Bay is the outlier too? How did that work? I don't know how they pulled that off. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, indeed. But they were really bad for a long time. They won Super Bowls. They were really bad for like 20-plus years, so that's true. Yeah. But they've had two quarterbacks in the last 25 years, so it's... End of story. Yeah. we had a, Wait, wait. We had a quarterback, though, who looks amazing now in L.A., and it proves to you that it's not just the quarterback. Coaching matters, too. Other parts of the organization do help. You can have a Brett Favre, and I think Matthew Stafford is that good. He was the number one overall pick. He's super talented. And I think when we see him win a Super Bowl at the Rams, we'll realize, gosh, it really does matter the type of infrastructure you have in an organization. Do you find yourself rooting for him? Absolutely. I, I do. And I didn't think I would because I didn't really care either way. But it's also so impressive that I admire it. I'm like, I love Sean McVay, too. Huge Sean McVay fan. So I'm like, wow, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. I bet. The funny thing is, like, we were talking about Andy Dalton earlier. He always kind of got a raw deal because he was thrown into it right away as a second-round pick. Uh, in fact, I remember they played a preseason game against the Lions where Indomica Sue basically had him for lunch, dinner, and breakfast the next day. Uh, just they tore him apart. I'm like, oh, this is going to be 0-16. This is going to be really bad. And they made the playoffs in his rookie year. Carson Palmer refused to play for the Bengals anymore, which in retrospect, I, I don't blame him, uh, especially the way that franchise was run. But Dalton was thrown into it. 
then in his bet Dalton's best year, he is like a borderline MVP candidate gets hurt in a fluke play, like bangs his hand against a helmet or whatever. That's uh, right. And then the Bengals had that gut wrenching home playoff loss to the Steelers when McCarron was the quarterback. And that was when the Jeremy Hill fumble, the uh, perfect penalty followed by uh, the Pac-Man Jones penalty on top of that. Yeah. Just a lot, a lot of, of problems there a lot of things to talk through that i'm working out right now here on the air with you <laughs> i uh, thought he uh, was yeah i thought dalton coming out tcu he was such a stud and tcu's team was really impressive i really thought he had the making of being a an above average quarterback and you're right if things have gone a little different a couple bounces here a couple bounces there and yep. a couple breaks would have changed things for him i, I yeah. think you're right and then aj green got hurt and when he went when dalton got healthy again he had no weapon, weapons to work with they tried to help him. They tried to go get John Ross, and uh, yeah, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> John Ross, <laughs> the oh. speedster out of Washington. That that never played, did it? Nobody had him in the top ten except for the Bengals. Nobody. Uh, but so it goes. Uh, it, you know, he, he had like surgery before the draft. It was it was it was. Has something changed though? Because they're starting to hit on these draft picks that look pretty good now. It looks yeah. like they're figuring something out. Yeah, I have to say, Jamar Chase looks the part. For sure. And oh, Higgins, yeah. before he got hurt, looks great. You know, Higgins is out this week, but they're going to be fine eventually. Uh, but yeah, it's just now can that, that that line give him enough time? Less, I don't want him to become Andrew Luck. Don't want him to become uh, David Carr. Uh, you know, you know, first overall pick that just never stay upright. <laughs> it's a small thing, but them going into Pittsburgh and beating them uh, pretty handily too. And Big Ben looks finished. It does look like things might actually be changing. I don't want to get you too excited, but it's yeah. really impressive because Joe Burrow is a legit top of the line quarterback. And when he tore his knee last year, you must've been like, Oh God, here we go. It's a nightmare again, but he's good to go. ACL doesn't seem to have affected him. No, it doesn't. He looks great. I, and he, yeah, obviously he's the hope. We're like, you know, hanging on for dear life. Uh, Julia is like, uh, I, Okay, so here, here's our argument here. Julia, Bills fan since the 90s, the Jim Kelly and, and, and Bruce era, saddest and super fun time before the Bills Mafia. I mean, <laughs> I would love to have that. Love to have those four in a row. Four years in a row going to the Super Bowl. I understand the pain that came after it, but, you know, you know the, the movie, uh, uh, Buffalo, was it Buffalo 66? Uh, yeah. Basically, you know, that, that's, that was a really good movie. Uh, and it captured that psychosis pretty well, but it was a man, weird movie. You're right, time. it was good. Yeah, you, at least you had that. Movie. At least you had the K gun. You had like a a team that changed football. They killed fun. the Raiders in that one FC title game, fifty-one to three. And yeah, yeah, you're right. It, they looked the part, and if they had just won that first one, everything could have changed. Was, here we go. The Scott Norwood. Yeah, you're right. That movie did a great job of the Scott Norwood flashbacks. God, that was, I forgot about that movie. What good call, Jeff? Good call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we got some Buffalo Mafia on the uh, Rotowire payroll, so I can't forget it. I'm not allowed to forget it there. But, uh, <laughs> it's all good. All good there. What's next for you? Uh, what do you work? You, you do your fan tracks article. How many do you do for them? Because I, I, I've got the one with the free agent article every week here. Now, what do you do other uh, articles for fan tracks? Yeah, in fact, they all kind of are bunched together, so I do it all in just 48 hours of nonstop writing and focus. It all happens on Sunday where it starts. So I have the Sunday ticket, I sit down, and I just watch everything, try to absorb as much as I can, and I do the rest-of-season rankings, which come out right after that. And I also do an instant analysis of all the NFC teams from a fantasy take. So in case you miss the games, and you're like, yep. oh, man, I want to see what happened real quick from a fantasy point of view, I write up a little blurb on each team with kind of like three bullet points and uh bradley kilgore at fantrax does the afc side cool you know it's so funny because you know doing that trying to consume everything is impossible it's a fire hose right um you can watch red zone and that's fun and all but you're gonna miss a lot of plays you're gonna miss a ton i watched the grid channel the eight game grid channel yes but even then you're you don't have eight eyes you can't watch everything at once it, as much as you try uh nope. so do you like go through Game Pass afterward and watch the replays? What's your process? How do you go through everything? I will look at what I watched, and then I'll look at the stats too. I look at the box score, and I will tell you this: uh, NFL.com has the insights when you when you click on a game. They have the stats of the box score, but they also have insights, which give you fun facts and tidbits about certain players from the game <laughs> or the team, and those help out too. So those can be a benefit to you if you're writing or trying to absorb more information. But I can't watch every play. Like you said, I completely agree. Let's not try to lie or try to create a mirage that is not accurate here of superficiality. I, I like the fact that uh, I'm still a human being. You're coming to me, and I'm giving you as much as a human being can absorb without literally seeing every play from every game on a Sunday. 
Yeah, that's right. And I try to watch Game Pass after the fact, but not the full. Like I watch the condensed version, so I'm not getting like all the pauses, all the analysis between each play. It's like the 40 minute yeah. version of each game. Even then, it's tough to get through all of that there, especially when there's well, no buys. <laughs> Yeah, especially uh, when you have impossible. a family and you're trying to do, you know, actual family things, too. See, that helps that. me. Yeah, I have no children or anything. I have a girlfriend, but she's in Canada, so we're not always together. Uh, but I also absorb all the highlight shows immediately, like this NBC yeah, Sunday yeah. evening show. And then I'll watch CBS Sports HQ and everything. I'll take them all in before I write everything up. So I get to see some of the they show you, right. depending on the type of show it is plays beyond just the scoring touchdowns and stuff like oh check out this unique play and this was a big part of the game those mm -hmm. things help me out too yeah i just i find it so difficult uh, to to get everything to absorb everything you know but that's that's part of the fun you know it's like try and and good luck in baseball trying to do that you know it's it's even more ridiculous there but uh <laughs> it's just pretty fun yeah that that would be a whole nother realm that it would take a lot more effort god that I love baseball, though. So I love both of these equally. I love sports. I love talking with people. I love connecting with people. That's why I do this. And I yep. wanted to show people that I could write, too, because I never really got a chance to write. Even though I am like an owner of Rota Fanatic, I just kind of ran things and edited stuff. But I'm like, I want to show people I could write because I could express my personality in writing, too. That's great. That's great. When, when can people catch you broadcasting? When do you do your podcast? Well, I do the Fantasy Football POV, which is a Fantrax pod. And it comes out every Wednesday. It just came out today, this morning. So every Wednesday morning, it comes out. And it's seven different people from seven different perspectives. I think it's a pretty nice. cool idea. You know, it's just, hey, an hour or less. But I've got seven different people on seven different fantasy topics. So you can get, like, everything you need to know in one show. And they're all five- to seven-minute conversations. They're very brief. Very good. Very good. Uh, and then baseball. You're still cranking out baseball, too. Uh, when, when When's the Enrico Palazzo podcast? Well, uh, you know, the sh schedule's got a little erratic, I'll admit that, because football sure. picked up. But uh, we did a show last week with uh, Peter Pratt from Roto Brits. He's a great guy, if you don't know who he is. He's got a great personality. He's uh, he's British, and he lives in the U.K., and he loves the Miami Marlins. So uh, check out that episode. We had a lot of fun. We'll do another one uh, probably tomorrow or Friday to kind of wrap up this final week of the season, I which know, is going right? down with is intense man we got playoff action we also have all the full stat lines for the most part so i find myself right now jeff like huffing it all in taking it in on a massive scale like oh we got full 162 game stat lines which we didn't get last year and i'm really diving into that so we're going to talk a lot about what we thought would happen this year and me and chris deary my partner on the plaza podcast will finish strong we'll do a couple more episodes we'll probably never quit we might take a break and kind of regroup in december but i don't know who knows yeah, I always take a break right after the regular season, and I'm like, oh, I need that break. And then, like three days later, man, I miss baseball. You know, I miss checking <laughs> the box. I miss my leagues. You know, his playoffs are still amazing. So you got that going for you. But I'm like, oh man, I, I already can't wait to get that back again. So it, that's the beauty of that too. Michael, awesome stuff today. You 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 bring so much energy. Check out, by the way, check out his video he did on Hollywood Brown. Uh, you got to tweet that out. But when I tweet out the uh, uh, link to the podcast. Make sure you tweet out the link to the video. It's a song tribute. Say goodbye to Hollywood and his nickname. And it's it's so good. Um, at least for my generation that knows Billy Joel songs, especially, it was fantastic. Really good stuff there. Yeah, I didn't know. I was like, well, is this going to play? Uh, who's going to I know certain people know Billy Joel, and Billy Joel's a massive, massive legendary artist. So, But it was also kind of a deeper hit. I don't know. It wasn't a huge hit, right? That song was kind of a album track. I, mean, I don't know. Oh, I never it was. Paid okay. I mean, it's on this greatest hits album. I know that. So ah. okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I I'm glad you liked it, man. I I just kind of I heard the idea in my head yesterday, and I hadn't done a song in a while. I like to do parody songs. I got a whole YouTube. You can check out the Palazzo Loop YouTube with our uh, parody song playlist. I've done like 15 of them, and uh, if you like to laugh and you like sports, you'll probably like it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm getting a request in the chat to post a link, so I'm going to do that right now before we sign off there, so you guys can check that out at your own uh, leisure there. Uh, because it, it is, it's, you really got to do it. it, it, it you got to check it out. It, it, it's really funny. Um, it's fun. It's, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's light. It's, it's good here. So here is, yeah, I have is, Hollywood Brown everywhere. I was oh, sorry. We can't call him Hollywood anymore, but Marquise. Uh, I, I, yeah. And I, I was trying to do like little suburbs of Los Angeles, but it's, it's Hollywood, Florida too. So I don't know my Florida geography as well. Oh, that's uh, right. Well. Yeah. I saw so, the movie Bully was based in there. Yeah. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So there you go. Uh, so there you go. Michael, great stuff. Really enjoyed it. I can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks. I'm so soaked that you're going to Arizona. It's going to be awesome. 
Me too, man. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks for everybody for your time and energy. Uh, MJ Govier on Twitter if you want to connect with me, if you like what you hear. And I'm looking forward to seeing Jeff and everybody at First Pitch Arizona in a couple weeks for the Arizona Fall League and the Baseball HQ Conference. It's going to be awesome. It is. It's really going to be amazing. Uh, thanks to WinBet for your sponsorship, your exclusive sponsorship of the RotoWire Fantasy Podcast this fall. Uh, we got Mario and John at you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.